Earth's Voices by Edward Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 1. The invocations and the cries of Earth, once high uplifted into lucid space beyond the vital air's inveiling girth, alone in night and the intense embrace of the star-circled sun, I turned my face and saw the fields and forests, islands, seas of this fair planet moving from their place eastward forever, and I seemed to seize the low rhythm of their movement like a murmuring breeze. 2. Half lay in shadow and the land of night, and as when o'er a sparkling ocean plain wave follows wave in mounds of rolling light to some dim shore where all their splendors wane, so ruddy deserts and green lands of grain, blue seas and rocky headlands, rank by rank, passing in slow procession, did attain the shore of night, and on that cloudy bank, out of all sight and sequence, into darkness sank. 3. But now the moon, late hidden, as I moved, peered over earth's black shoulder, like a sprite half-charmed by some huge monster half-beloved, half-feared because of his exceeding might, and where about the pole descending white, wide snow-fields lie, and like an ermine-cape over the rounded world, her glances bright glimmered in azure calm o'er half its shape, the rest the sovereign sun in cloth of gold did drape. 4. So beautiful the scene that, with delight gazing, I lost no detail of its graces, until, like one who, wakeful late at night, with meditating fond familiar faces, starts from the busy picture fancy traces, awestruck with outer silence, wonder-bound, I watched the worlds glide forward from their places into abysmal stillness, not a sound now marked their smooth resistless speed to the profound. 5. Then, in an universe of suns, I saw our planet pass obscurely like a moat, and filled with sudden yearning and great awe to know the burden of its single note amid the spheric chant. With wings of thought I cleft the airless space, dipped into shade, nightward, below the moon, and forward brought in one large curve of meteor swiftness, made entrance into the sunlight on Earth's orient grade. 6. There paused a moment. Then with slow, wide wing sank through the murmurous air, and as I beat earthward, a lark, like arrow from the string, shot by me with a shrill, great cry to greet the rising sun, and tossed his music sweet upward and outward in a fount for ever. Screaming below, a wounded eagle fleet went like a whirlwind over rock and river, seeking the high crag homeland of his death's endeavor. 7. So, landward, I alighted on a beach beside a misty sunlit sea that swayed and shimmered like a cloud of fireflies, each borne to and fro as random fancy bed. When through the soft hush that the water made, I heard loud voices and rude choral song and saw a boat that with its anchor weighed pushed outward from the shore, and in a throng the women stood, and seaward their white farewells flung. 8 until the daring music dipped and died over the flood, and all the air was still, then turning from the melancholy tide, the women mounted homeward up the hill, and I remained. It seemed their sturdy will was to explore new lands, instead whereof I heard the whistling shrouds sing wildly shrill over a white sea domed with black above. The roaring winds about them whirled, and snake-like strove. 9. 
Stung by the lightning, and a maddened cry smote heavenwards as the gaping beams drank death, and like a hungry beast that cannot die, ocean flung high her white and windy breath, heaped huge her wet coils o'er the dead beneath, and forward rolling in fresh quest of prey, rustled each surfy scale and python wreath. But turning from my dream, I took the way of those sad wives, and sought the village o'er the bay. 10. And one walked, ever vacant-eyed, apart and hastened whom i followed to a rude dim chamber where the one child of her heart smitten with mortal pain six years of feud twixt life and death moaned and in grievous mood denied endearance whom her mother kissed and stroked her fair hair but thus vainly sued one smile of recognition for i wist she only cried as cries a lamb lost in the mist eleven whom the unknown one watches so an hour her mother watched and lulled a low refrain, which with her weariness did overpower to placid sleep the fretful sense of pain, and evermore the song, renewed again about that chamber, seemed obscurely fraught with ancient memories of grief and vain renewals of despair, the slow years wrought to patient love and tenderness which is not taught. Twelve. But now, borne forward on the wind afar, I heard the roll of drums, and in the street standing, beheld the burnished ranks of war pass by in dignity of measured beat strange was the tramp of quick persistent feet or harmonized by music like the days of one who through a long life's frost and heat still labours on and while he labours prays his faith high while his feet halt on the dusty ways thirteen a thousand soldiers with eyes forward cast yet flashing somewhat at the random shout a stranger village sent them so they passed, fair and sun-freckled, veteran and raw lout, each with his own cloud-fancies clothed about, to bring fame homeward like a friend, or die storming the stubborn-hearted steep redoubt, and as they went their music rang on high, afar, through fields and vineyards to the summer sky. 14. Empty the little street was, and quite still, save as I passed the murmur of one blind grey beggar, who upon a warm door-sill, deaf in his age and darkened in his mind, muttered the wind of words he could not find, wherewith to implore the silence, and his moan, as I went forward, floating after, twined about my heart, till Hamlet left, alone I sat where grass was green upon a sunny stone. 15. Then I perceived that nature has one cry for all her children, for around me shrill cicale hid in flowering grasses high made the whole land with their sharp music thrill which with the hot air over vale and hill went quivering heavenward like a censer fire of nature's own strange yearning to fulfil some intimate foreknowledge and desire of unexpressed perfection whereto all aspire sixteen and overhead three swifts keen twittering darted each after each and passed cleaving the winds with scimitar-curved wing, skyward in mad career of circles vast, until they vanished in the blue at last. So I rose, and passing from that place, fled o'er the fields and woodland valleys fast, until upon a plain I paused a space before densely peopled, wide-flung city's face. 17. Like a great altar on a rising ground it stood, surmounted by a smoky sign, high-pointing heavenward, and I heard a sound, low, like the baitless roaring of the brine which on a thousand miles of Afric's line surges for ever. T'was a nation's prayer, hoarse, unremitting, and the mist malign was laden with reiterate plaint of care, triumph and strife and wide-eyed want and wan despair. 18. 
and pass me with a shriek from east and west and feet of thunder up the sloping ways the great town drew in fiery grim unrest her steaming traffic through its iron maze and all the roads a flickering dust did rise like white flames o'er the country far and wide because of those who in the wheeling chaise or huge deliberate wain on every side about her to and fro their busy errands plied nineteen so standing by the gate i was aware of low soft singing and a voice whose tone struck strangely through the resonant harsh air and at a window spied a maid alone oblivious of hard ways and walls of stone who all the while with needle deft in hand sang and it was as love a veil had thrown about her singing and herself to stand between her cloud-world and the loud ungracious land twenty for in the heaven of her voice i saw the fair fields where love dreaming feet delay beside a brook whose budding beeches straw dead leaves of last year in the new-mown hay where twixt the closely grown stems two can stay and see but one scene all an afternoon save in each other's eyes where love's bright ray burns diverse beauty like the sun and moon silver and golden through warm nights and days of june twenty one so fair a paradise of longing dwelt between her lips but as i dreamt thereof there came a hush and some around me knelt i turned and saw the sad reverse of love a slow funereal train that seemed to move upon the music of its own low plaint in silence of all hearts while two did prove death's extreme severance and one with faint world desolate cry broke the pauses of the chant twenty two which passed and like a loud returning tide the roaring world swept upward to the gate bearing me inward and straightway the wide street wilderness unwound its noisy state i heard the eager strife and fierce debate of wayside traffic and the hurried tramp of countless feet upon the pavement slate like rain that nightly falls upon a damp garden whose steadfast plash the ear with awe doth stamp twenty three and din of hawkers and in dusk by-lanes discordance of hoarse tuneless instruments rhythmical ring of anvils hiss of planes and busy hum of factories immense and one a mother with pale features tense who peering in each swift indifferent face pleaded her child's life till her own starved sense turned giddy in the shifting whirling race and she fled from men's scorn to death's obscure embrace twenty four and one a man in crying of his wares grown aged till forgetful even of gain feeble in body bent and grey in hairs not of him but a voice seemed to remain for with a long high note like one in pain rising and falling with pathetic art prone through the streets he went and wheeled his wain nor looked to right or left to find a mart but only forward to fulfil his one dim part twenty five then turning from the crowd i saw the men who sharpened rude steel to each shapely end ranged rank on rank within a long low den each doomed from high seat or a wheel to bend as though a nation's tyranny did lend the load of all its wealth to every shoulder and with the murmur of the stones did blend the hectic cough fitful of lives that moulder motionless under heaven each like a grey rock boulder twenty six and farther onward in a lurid glare i saw the red heat-wrinkled limbs of those who ply their fierce glass furnaces with air and day and night renewed without repose blow till the tube's white dazzling pendant glows to clear and perfect grace 
a subtle feat, and evermore the blast with fitful throes of molten fury from that inward heat roared upward in the silence of their naked feet. Twenty-seven. So through the ranks I passed of those who do good service in the masonry of man, whose measurements are sure and blows are true, and hearts courageous for whate'er they can in field or factory or camp, who scan most critical their own work, and I heard their labour's musical low murmur span the spaces of a land's despair. A word whispered in heaven's ear, and my heart with joy was stirred. Twenty-eight. Whereafter, in a while, I saw a crowd stream to a gate as of some sacred fane, and passing inward was aware of loud sweet harmonies in rhythmical refrain, and heard the ringing strings recite again those heights and depths of yearning human mood, eternal orisons, which one in pain day long and night long of dread solitude wrought for the want and wonder of earth's multitude. 29. Yea, when a string smote softly through the still, giving a note of sorrow to all times, whereto with gradual melodious thrill one after one responded, like faint chimes heard in the leafen gloom of sunny climes, all hearts with awe were silent, but thereon, as when a wind breaks forward through the limes, sweeping the bees out with an angry tone, a myriad tumultuous voices drowned the one. 30. And raved in harsh, reiterated rage and insane self-insistence, till a chill shudder the listening spirit did engage, as when one brooding all night o'er some ill wakes to the hard, blind roaring of life's mill. So note on note the intertangled sound grew in chaotic utterance, until, with whirlwind cries of fear, as though the ground of all existence opened from the world profound. 31. Three tones strode upward through the noisy throng. Great was the hush, as when a rabble crew bent on destruction, wanton spite and wrong, sees when it fears but knows not in full view. Great was the wonder of that hush, wherethrough I heard the plaintive voice that spake before, cry as for help, and though the murmur grew instant again, I knew there was a power prompt to devise deliverance ere the final hour. 32. Thus wave on wave the wind of music swept about our hearts, till all old memories of joy and sorrow from their slumbers leapt transfigured to life-radiance in surprise at their own beauty, and the seas and skies poured all their splendour o'er us, and fair dreams and high forebodings in those symphonies glanced on us, fitful with reflected gleams shot from the silver waters as of unseen streams. 33. So, when I turned again into the street, even life's common sounds seemed glorified in music's sun-like utterance. The fleet, insistent days and hours seemed to divide with measured equal beats the rhythmic stride of ages, in whose loud discordance stood not old despair of hopes so long belied, but promise of harmonious ends of good and present part in splendour not yet understood. 34. Thus, pensive through the city's western gate, half unaware I wandered, and a slight slope led me from that tumult. T'was now late, the level sun made shadow more than light, and beat the mountains with his burning might to ruddy gold. Calm was the fragrant wind of garden closes. One, a peasant white, sang as the day went downward, unrepined, but soon I left that land and all its lays behind. 35 and fled up on the mountains, crag by crag, until I gained their pathless utmost peak, where, resting on an extreme stony jag, I turned, and saw that city's towers antique, and modern chimneys, as by sudden freak, flushed scarlet in the sun's descending fire, and straight 
a hundred belfry throats did speak a deep-toned ave mounting higher and higher heavenward about the world as daylight did expire thirty six and as when on a purple alpine ridge with silver sweet farewell the evening star delays an instant until earth's black edge deemed motionless of mortals from afar plunges obscurely forward to debar all further greeting so on that great crag close under heaven i felt earth like a car wheel from beneath me and my flight did lag westward from that high mountain like a wind-borne flag thirty seven and i beheld once more night's cloudy rim creep forward over continents and seas and heard the bells of eve where'er the dim shadow delayed break upward on the breeze with childlike cries for help to one who sees from them that fear the darkness by whose shore i saw a vision of those who on their knees morning and eve the face of heaven explore circling the world with prayer and praise for evermore thirty eight loudly the bells rang but ere long each tone lapsed in the general consent of sound as upward and in airy flight alone i left the haunts of mortals and the round of earth gave but one cry to the profound voices and bells with notes of labour blent one indistinct hoarse murmur inly wound about the world and rising as intent to reach the throne of god before its force was spent thirty nine an instant so and then the veil of air dropped and i passed into the absolute far silence of the spheres no sound was there but all the throbbing hours fell round me mute like wavelets where no shore is past compute the myriad worlds in mystic motion free fled round about her fell like ripened fruit all down night's infinite and like a sea the universe set shoreward to eternity forty so i beheld earth with her weary load of want pass swiftly and it was as when some plaintive strain of music on a road grows distant faint and flutters out of ken behind an angle like the minds of men at once their world and prison that white veil of soft circumfluent air did surely pen each heavenward cry and high despairing wail wall-like within its own impassable fixed pale forty one and swifter like a wan and eager white threading some gay apparelled crowd she fled among the universal spheres of light following her lord the sun where'er he led until she passed and vanished as one dead while he supreme in thunder stillness strode forward with lessening flame into the dread distance of gloom where all his glory showed less than the starry lamps which light grey times abode forty two yet in that moment saw i that his feet were shod with purpose for in some huge ark he swept sublime whose centre equal fleet who knows might flame like cleave the wandering dark about some greater light again a spark before the greatest so with high hand fraught with quick farewells to earth i turned to mark the end of all our wanderings and sought him who holds all world systems centred in his thought end of poem Read by Sandra, Montreal, September 2021.